0: This is A Sip of Science. Nijmegen School of Management podcast. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of A Sip of Science, the podcast of the Nijmegen School of Management. My name is Kelly Jansen and I work as a communications officer in this faculty. And uh, yeah, I'm very impressed with all the beautiful research that scientists conduct within our faculty. And I'd love to share some new findings on different topics with you. So get yourself a drink and join us on the way to more knowledge. Today we're welcoming Bertjan Verbeek, Professor of International Relations. He carries out an international comparative study on decision-making in foreign policy. And as a political scientist at Radboud University, he focuses on topics as the influence of domestic politics on foreign policy. In particular, he's interested in the impact of crises on decision-making. And that's exactly why we invited him over, because the year 2020 started with some shocking news.
1: Breaking news. In a major escalation in tensions between the U.S. and Iran, the top Iranian general has been killed in an airstrike while leaving the Baghdad airport. The Pentagon confirmed the U.S. military carried out the attack.
0: So, Bert-Jan, can you tell us what happened here?
1: Well, Kelly, what we hear... It? Uh, What we hear here is actually um, the news that the United States carried out an attack on Iraqi soil uh, directed against an Iranian party, uh, one of which was a general of the Revolutionary Guard of Iran, uh, General Suleimani, who got killed um, in this event. Uh, That event actually sparked uh, huge rage uh, in Iran itself. Uh, Actually, Iran um, uh, sent various missiles. Um, uh, to uh, American targets on Iraqi soil. Um, It's a kind of a vengeance, uh, which itself was then uh, immediately uh, followed by the tragedy of the downing of a Ukrainian uh, civilian airplane, uh, which actually uh, uh, ensured that the, the world actually was quite afraid that this particular event or series of events might develop into a major escalation and might eventually even lead to war between the US and Iran.
0: Exactly, because that's one of the the, the biggest consequences is that people are getting scared. Uh, They don't know what this event actually will mean for the world stage, for world politics. Um, Can you tell me a bit more about what, what happens to the balance of power? How does this affect the balance of power?
1: Well... You're right in pointing out that many people were quite afraid that uh, this might lead to a real war um, also around me. Uh, Children, um, adolescents, uh, uh, adults really expressed their fear that this might actually erupt into a, a major event that might also engage them. And indeed, whether that happens or not may or may not have to do with changes in the balance of power. Well, if we look at what happened actually in the months before the attack, both the American attack and the uh, iranian attack uh, against uh, uh, american targets we witnessed that this escalation had been going on for quite a while already you may remember that in the spring of 2019 there were some skirmishes uh, surrounding uh, um, uh, tankers an iranian tanker was uh, halted in the uh, mediterranean sea by british uh, by the british navy because it was thought to be on its way to syria to uh, deliver oil that was against the um, uh, United Nations uh, sanctions, in defiance of those sanctions. um, That produced a lot of anger in Iran, which denied that it was on its way to Syria. Iran itself then stopped various boats, uh, British boats, uh, in the Persian Gulf. Um, And suddenly people felt like, well, this conflict is suddenly escalating very fast. On top of that, during the summer, Iran downed a drone an American drone which was by itself already a um, uh, for the Americans quite a, a disturbing event because that might mean that the Iranians might uh, get get more knowledge of the drone technology that provoked already some anger in, in 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 Washington and some people said that already at that time President Trump was considering, retaliating attacks uh, against Iran for this uh, very event. but event, Sorry. Uh, but that did not in the end materialize. But things really got bad uh, towards the end of the year, 2019, when the Americans um, sort of targeted uh, an Iranian militia within Iraq that was stirring problems, according to them, the Americans, um, which then subsequently led to protests of supporters of Iran in Iraq, um, basically um, in front of the American embassy, which sort of provoked all kinds of images in America of yet again an American embassy under siege, which is a um, a thing that they would respond to uh, quite forcibly, one would expect. Still nothing happened yet until an American citizen got killed in the process, and that sort of provoked People claim uh, the uh, rather sudden attack on effectively General Suleimani, therefore uh, taking out of the equation a very important player in the um, in the political process and the military process in the Middle East. And then we arrive at your original question about the balance of power, because General Suleimani, head of the Revol- Revolutionary Guard, had played an important, enormous important role in uh, basically. Um, Defending um, the Assad regime in um, in Syria, and in uh, fighting together with the uh, international coalition, amongst which also the Americans, uh, the American uh, the international coalition which was fighting IS, and that sort of signaled that the United States no longer wished to be part of that coalition it it effectively had engaged with uh, with Iran, and that therefore the old uh, what I would consider the old problem uh, that has been uh, dominating the Middle East ever since the Iraqi War of 2003, possibly the battle between Israel and Hezbollah in 2006, but the perception that Iranian power had been growing too much, uh, for some countries at least, uh, in the Middle East, and that one way or another uh, Iranian influence had to be contained at the very least or possibly reduced, um, uh, at least in, from the perspective of countries like the United States, Saudi Arabia and Israel.
0: So I'm glad you, you explained a bit more about how the events had consequences on countries worldwide. But um, I can assume that there are some things happening in Iran itself. So the domestic division will be increasing. Can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Yes, thank you for asking that, because it's essential to uh, take into account that within Iran... Uh, there are many mm-hmm. different actors that have different interests and perspectives on Iran's position in the world and its foreign policy. And we often have the tendency to just think that Iran is either peace-loving or it is uh, aggressive. or, or so. But more importantly, uh, we should realize that there are different factions, one might even argue, within Iran competing for inf- impact on its foreign policy. Um, And it's important to make a difference between at least two such factions within Iran. There is the faction that is more linked to what one might call the theological part of the Iranian society. That is very much linked to the values of the Iranian revolution of 1979, which established a Shiite theocracy in Iran. And for some people, that also meant that the ideals, the values of that uh, Iranian revolution should be at least protected, but possibly even Exported yeah. to countries around it, particularly where one would find a Shiite minority uh, in the population, um, that group is particularly strong in the Revolutionary Guard, which is effectively part of that pillar
0: where the so general speak, was part of as which well. Exactly
1: yeah. where General Soleimani was uh, one of the big generals in. On the other hand, we find in Iran a group which is not necessarily; uh, they're still um, part of the Islamic. Republic of Iran, of course, but they're more interested in modernizing Iran, which effectively means uh, producing more w- uh, welfare for its population, maybe yeah. granting a little bit more liberties to the population. And in order to obtain such uh, welfare, they think it's important to seek more cooperative relations with, particularly, the West. Whereas the many actors within the, let's say, theocratic part uh, of Iran, such as the Revolutionary Guard. Uh, are more interested in um, seeing the West as an enemy. Yeah, their um, own
0: values, their own way of living is, is the way to go for exactly. them. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And that means that all these uh, events uh, of, of last January uh, may have an impact on the, what one could say, the delicate balance of power of these two groups within Iran. So the people uh, around the Revolutionary Guard might claim that the killing of Soleimani proves that mm-hmm. the The United States might never be trusted and therefore Iran has to be strong and it should not engage in further cooperation about nuclear energy and so forth. Um, um, And therefore their position might be strengthened in a way uh, by these American um, actions. On the other hand, the the tragedy with the Ukrainian uh, airplane, which sort of demonstrated that, at least as it looks now, that uh, erroneously members of I think the revolutionary guard actually sent missiles to to down the plane because they thought probably yeah. that it wasn't that is probably the story at least that they uh, that it would be a, a a a an instrument of the enemy yeah. uh showed that exactly um let's say the revolutionary guard can make mistakes effectively also therefore uh, causing victims among Iranian population therefore it might well be that the, the other group within Iran uh, can build an argument like you see. We should not be so uh, fearful of the enemy. We should be very careful, we sh- and we should therefore more open up. Yeah. So we don't know yet how that will play out in in this month. On the 21st of February, there will be parliamentary elections in Iran. That may be a first sign of which side sort of will be more, more or less strong, and that will be followed within a year. In, in 21, there will be... Um, elections for the presidency, and that's the real uh, big battle lying ahead where it really will matter whether we'll have a a more moderate person like Rouhani now is, President Rouhani, or whether we'll be a more, um, let's say, strict uh, Iranian president like we had in the past with Ahmadinejad, uh, uh, for instance, who some people claim is set to be running again uh, in one year time. So... The basic point indeed remains that rather than looking at Iran as a peaceful or aggressive nation, it's better to to watch how international events actually have an impact on the delicate balance of power of domestic factions within yeah. Iran and how that plays out exactly. on that's Iranian foreign step. policy.
0: Yes. Because what would it mean when the Iranian doors are really closed for the West?
1: You mean if we close those doors or no, if they close Iran, the doors? No,
0: because there's that, that fraction that's... Uh, that holds on their own values mm-hmm. and when they become the the strongest fraction what would it mean for, for well, the rest of the world
1: even that is a little bit insecure you one should never forget that the revolutionary guard is particularly recruited from people in relatively poorer agricultural uh, rural areas that have suffered much from the eight years war between Iran and yeah. Iraq they mm-hmm. on the one hand that sort of fills their well their concern so to speak because they want to um defend the values of the Iranian Revolution at the same time they're very much aware as most people in Iran are how um, how tra- tragical that war has been with hundreds of thousands of of, of, uh, of victims um, uh, that fell during that war on the Iranian side yeah. that not everyone is necessarily open to well, Let's start a war or so. That that that's yeah. not the case. But it will certainly be more suspicious of the rest of the world, uh, and uh, in that's less open to cooperation and more likely to be heading for well, let's say more autarky, if you want, yeah. in Iranian security.
0: Yeah, exactly. Can you tell me what what autarky exactly means?
1: Well, for I'm di- I'm yeah. a little bit avoiding the. Um, yeah. The, the word "nuclear weapons because that's yeah. what many people fear that Iran is li- is, is, is anyway on its way to of developing nuclear weapons or is now pushed yeah. towards developing nuclear weapons but certainly the uh, let's say the people within Iran who think that nuclear weapons are the only answer and the only guarantee for security for Iranian yeah. security will be strengthened by past defense yeah that, that's for sure
0: yeah exactly. so um well, it's very exciting what happens in February. Um, we have some other elections coming up mm-hmm. as well the the u s elections. What do you think this means for the position of Donald Trump? Will this strengthen his uh, campaign or or will it hurt him or because he he also he has this mixed signals of and in the one hand, he embraces peace on the other hand, he's threatening Iran to. Um, to come back for more when they they react on his I- mm-hmm. on his um, uh, decision to kill off Soleimani, what what will this mean for him?
1: Well, okay, let me start with a general remark in international politics. It's not strange to give mixed signals because one of the if you are in an in a situation where there is a lot of uncertainty, you want to. Make sure that the other party is not so certain about what your your true intentions are. In the sense, you do not want it's in in international politics, particularly when it's about a situation where you get closer to war. You want to show to the other party that you, at least that you, you want to come across as being the one who is willing to use force in the end, if needed. So that means that a m- mixed signals in terms of, on the one hand, showing force or threatening to use force, yeah. on the other hand, showing more cooperative signals is not uncommon. But of course, in the long run, it should work towards some kind of, let's say, stable agreement or not. But okay, c-
0: credibility th- is this also an important yes, factor. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Credibility is a key word there. Yeah. If we then move to Trump... Trump's foreign policy strategies have been usually been based exactly on this type of mixed signals, That's the way he approached North Korea, for instance, in the early years of his uh, of his term. And he claims that that was successful, at least. So, in that sense, I say this, the general tendency in, in in international politics, in security, in high security matters, is reinforced by Trump's individual style of doing things. Having said that, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's obvious that President Trump is a is a president under siege. He's facing an impeachment trial, and in that sense, it, it although it is likely that the Senate will, uh, I said, um, uh, acquit him as he yeah. probably is going to call it anyway. But at least he will not be impeached. Um, I say that wrongly. He is impeached, but he will not be sent away <laughs> by no, the exactly. Senate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that for a president under such domestic pressure and in an election year it is important to show successes in foreign policy successes in foreign policy does not necessarily mean that you engage in a major war Mm -hmm. because that runs the risk of american victims and that is bad in any year but particularly in a um in an election year that does not include exclude though that he might by showing off force is mobilizing domestic support and uh, diverging attention from, let's say, the impeachment claims, or if the impeachment trials over, the um, uh, general public debate it will always refer to the yeah. impeachment and so forth. So in that sense, I would expect him to continue to put pressure on Iran, yeah. giving mixed signals, uh, but not to push it all the way to war.
0: But Bertjan, I guess that's under the assumption that no other major things will happen in the Middle East, for example.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's under that assumption. And of course, um, we know that many things might happen. And there are a few issues I think we should be very wary about. The first one is that um, the events uh, in Iraq has also sparked more conflict within Iraq itself. And we do not know how the domestic situation in Iraq will develop and if that may develop into a major violent Mm -hmm. or even more violent uh, situation um, that might require intervention one way or another by the United States or a Western alliance or whatever. Secondly, uh, we do not know what will happen in the Middle East, broadly speaking, and that might mean that the delicate balance at this moment between Turkey and Syria might be on the verge of collapsing. Um, The rejection by the Palestinians of the deal that Trump to solve the Israeli-Palestinian issue has now led to a situation in which the Palestinians refuse to talk to the U.S. and Israel, and that might, let's say, further play into the hands of Iran, at least from the perspective of countries like Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the United States. So that might aggravate the situation from an American point of view. And finally, of course, we have to wait and see uh, what exactly Iranian nuclear policies will be and how the United States is going to respond to that um, and that means that over the, uh, the next uh, months well into November uh, there's ample uh, opportunity for further escalation but hopefully also de-escalation.
0: Well interesting times coming up. bert thank you for explaining this.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: Okay, so, well, I learned a lot today and I hope you enjoyed listening to A Sip of Science. Subscribe on SoundCloud and Spotify. You can do this by searching for Nijmegen School of Management and follow us so you won't miss a thing. Thank you for listening to A Sip of Science. This podcast is provided by the Nijmegen School of Management.